Hey, everybody. Hope you had a great 4th of July weekend last weekend. And uh, it is getting into the dog days of summer, as they say. It's hot. It's sweaty. It's all that uh, good stuff you look forward to. I am all more a fall and winter person, but I do enjoy spring and summer as well. Anyways, um, we've been a little spotty with our episodes, but we do have a full schedule in place from now through the fall. And then we'll be ranking up guests again later later after that. This week, we're joined by my good friend, Sierra Lynch. Sierra and I met when we were doing a play together, a Neil Simon play together, in the Capital District of New York State. And then there happened to be an opening where I was working, and I told her about it, and she applied and got it. So then not only were we colleagues on the stage, we were colleagues in the business world. Um, We uh, haven't talked uh, really in a few years, um, but it was just so fascinating to hear about her continuing education to become a a doctor in psychology, as well as um, how she uh, works with her patients currently and what she's hoping to achieve in the future. So if you are ready to get your head shrunk, listen to this episode. But also, it was just such a joy to catch up with Sierra. I hope you enjoy this episode and have a wonderful weekend. Totally psyched to be talking to my friend Sierra Lynch, who we haven't talked. I mean, we keep in touch, like liking things on Instagram and liking things on Facebook and stuff. But that's the whole point of this podcast is to like, you know, to like get back in touch with people. And like, there was a time where like I couldn't even imagine losing touch with you. And um, because of the fact that we were like symbiotic, we were so close, both in acting, in work, and stuff like that. So I just first welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm flying solo tonight. Katie's not with us. She sends her regards and really misses um, uh, meeting you, but she'll hear this. Um, but this is like the original podcast where it was just me. So you only got me tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> All good. I'm <laughs> so, good with that. <laughs> so the other thing is the audience should know, like you are like working through this interview, like with having full on COVID right now. Yes. Um, yeah, I am. This is day 10 of, uh, of COVID for me. And are you still so testing? Are you still testing positive right now? Um, I wanted to take a test tomorrow morning on like day yeah. 11 just to see because I mean, the, you hear different things from everywhere. Some people say you can start testing after day five, some day 10. Right. And I, so I said, I'll let me just call it good and wait till so day 11. So you are, as we were talking right before, I hope I'm not giving anything away. You are vaccinated and boosted. You got okay. COVID like a lot of people have, even though they're vaccinated and boosted. But this is the first time I've heard of somebody getting like a lot of the symptoms that are like associated with COVID, like you've gone through the ringer, it sounds like, including like brain fog. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how it started. I started with all the neurological symptoms, the taste and smell were, I mean, the, they've never like completely vanished, but they were very, very, very diminished. Um, so like, I'll have to like stick my nose right into something to be able to smell it. Um, and like really inhale. Um, and then uh, like for taste, I could taste salt. That's even, it. even from um, the beginning? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Salt is the only thing I can taste. Um, and well, now recently, I um, yesterday, I started being able to taste sugar and like sugary things. And today I went to dinner um, and I could taste garlic. So that was great. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> But, what, um, but what, what's, but yeah. so this is actually a good segue because, you know, when you say like brain fog and things like that, your whole, which we'll get to is the fact like your whole career is like, you're, you know, a psychologist and like, right. so, ha- so like, how do you, like, how do you dealing with that? 
Yeah, um, dealing with that has been um, really, really difficult because so, I mean, Jeff, I know that we had mentioned this before um, we started on, but um, I am, we're like 99.99999% certain that I had had it um, back in 2020. Right. Back before the shutdown and everybody before knew they really here. knew what it was. Yes. And um, so I had experienced literally, I mean, every single symptom before they came out, oh. like before they started formulating a list. And um, one of them was the, the brain fog. And I, I will never forget it. I was at a function for um, school because I'm in my PhD program and um, I was crying in my room um, to Brian, to my boyfriend. And I said, something's wrong with me. Like, I can't even put together sentences. Like, I don't know what, what's happening to me. Oh, how scary. Um, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And that's all I could say. And I felt really feverish, but my temperature was actually low. Like I was heading for hypothermia and, um, oh, wow. so that was really terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which happened in rare cases and my heart rate was spinning out of control and I have you know long family family history of heart issues so, so that was so really concerning one of the things we were talking about right before we got on is the fact that like you know people have anxiety whether people have this much anxiety or this much anxiety mm-hmm. everybody every human being has anxiety <laughs> but like your doctors were telling you is right. anxiety but and you said your heart was racing so my question was at the times your heart was racing were you having anxiety mm-hmm. Like, were you anxious no. and then you felt, so it was misdiagnosed? No. Yes. Yes, it was. So that that's what they thought, um, you know, because I'm, I'm generally a pretty anxious person. So they just really, oh yeah, you have a Me cold too. and you're just anxious <laughs> like that, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, you know, I was like, I've spent a lot of time in therapy. Thank you. I've got that pretty, you know, pretty far under control. Right. So, okay, you know, so, you know, so you know your emotions. Um, and uh, yeah. And so then, you know, I was super sick for like six weeks, but, you know, and that brings me to the present. So what I've been dealing with for the last few years on and off is there'll just be days where I wake up and I'm just like, I really struggle with words and I don't know why. And it's something that, um, you know, I've been able to mask it pretty well. Um, so in terms of like, just being able to slow down and maybe be a little quieter than I normally would. And if somebody's, Oh, you know, is something okay? Are you okay? And, oh yeah, no, I'm fine. Just tired. And and that, that typically would do. Um, but now, um, since, you know, I, I have had COVID again, it's been really kind of scary because to me, you know, you can only have this damage so many times happen before it's permanent or something and if it was already coming back in waves here and there from 2020 what's it gonna do now um so i don't know i don't know what the implications are it's a little scary but um at the same time (laughs) nothing i can do i just have to live with it so i've kind of you know all of my patients that i'm currently working with um, are well aware that I've had COVID. It's interfered with all their appointments, like they know. Um, yeah. But um, I, you know, I think for anybody new that I have take on in the future, I might have to have a serious conversation. Like, listen, like I, I struggled with the neurological effects of COVID, and so sometimes I might not be, you know, a hundred percent. And it comes and goes. It's not even like I wake up one day and it's just like that the entire day. It just kind of hits me very suddenly, and then it will fade away. Um, so that's a little scary. Isn't um, that something? Wow. And that's my only plan that I have to deal with it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, we'll... <clears throat> let's talk about, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Let's get a, let's get out of COVID for a second. So last, 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 <laughs> <we>, right, right. <laughs> last, we were like hanging out in person and stuff. It was 2017 right now. It's 2022. That's amazing. And um, I knew you to be applying to graduate programs, right? Or doctoral programs, doctoral programs. And um, so, you know, I certainly read about your, like, um, your accomplishments, which are plenty and like, congratulations to you. And like, you, you you know, you've done a lot of work. So from what I I remember, and I could, I know I'm right on what I remember, but I don't know where it is now, you know, because it's been several years. 
you were going for a program to be a psychologist or therapist within uh, the prison system. Is, is that correct? Yes. Yep. Right. And yes. so is that ultimately what you, um, you know, went into, well, now my words aren't coming to me. Is that ultimately what you pursued? A potato. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I actually, um, you know, in pursuing my degree, I got a really, um, you know, I think anyway, great, great advice um, from a, a friend, a cousin of mine, actually. They said, this is what I want to do. I want to work in forensics ultimately. Um, and, you know, I want to know the best route to that. What yeah. should I do? Like what practicum experiences, what program should I be applying to? And uh, he said, um, don't specialize immediately. Don't do it. Wow. To be a generalist first really get a good idea of what you're doing diagnostically and clinically with people, especially if you're going to be working with people who can be, you have to know how to feel these things out in the room um, within five minutes and move yeah. from there. Yeah. Um, and uh, so be a generalist first and then specialize later. And so... I really sat back on that and I reflected on that because I was like, you know, like, you know, you, you get all sorts of messages like, oh, you need to specialize now and you need to do this and you need to do that to be good at what you do. And I, you know, I was like, you know, I, I don't, I think he's right. Um, especially because a lot of the experiences, like if you look at um, my CV in comparison to some of my colleagues who specialized immediately and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, I like mine. I'm a little partial, but um, <laughs> just because there's so many different experiences. So I'm able to draw on all these different experiences that I wouldn't have had if I specialized immediately. Um, yeah. And every experience that I've sought out in like an internship or anything like that, it's always different. I never go back to the same type of field twice um, because I want that broad experience so that when I do encounter somebody who's really, really struggling. So like, one experience that I have that not a lot of people do um, right like off the rip is working with people with eating disorders. Yeah. Um, that's really hard to get. And I have that experience. Um, and that was something that kind of fell into my lap. I actually wanted something in substance use and it didn't work out for me. Honestly, I'm really grateful for that because now, you know, I'm kind of a, a unicorn in my program. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool. And I can say that on my final internship um, match, like interviews that, oh, yeah, I've, you know, it was brief, but I had this experience working with people with not think that's super common. So, right. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so I kind of um, get an upper hand in those areas. So where do you stand now in, in your education pursuits? Yeah. So right now I am at the end of my uh, third year in my doctoral program out of five years. That's great. Um, I'm done with my coursework. I, I finished my coursework um, in April and I have um, my final, like for my program, for whatever reason, we have two qualifying exams because we're most only have one. I don't know why we do that, but we do. <laughs> Um, I passed my first one last year. <laughs> I have my second one now. Um, and then um, I just have dissertation from there and then my final internship and I'm done. Wow. So that I must get feel to graduate good. 2024 because of sequencing. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's yeah. Amazing. It was really weird. I, I was, I was sitting in a meeting at, at work the other day or well, it wasn't the other day, it was weeks ago. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and uh, the my one boss turns to me and she says, oh, yeah, and you'll come back here when you're done. And I was like, what? Like, what? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm going to be done. <laughs> wow. And, so, you know, I kind of, I had a, like a mini, a mini moment. When you say work, what are you working at now? Yeah. Um, so, which job? Um, I'm working uh, at a large private practice in my area, um, and it's called uh, Freedom First Psychological Services, um, and we offer all sorts of stuff. We have an autism center. We have um, we offer psychological testing. We offer therapy, 
And so there alone, I have, um, I guess now maybe four hats. I I work on the consultation and for evaluation. So we, you know, we have these consult calls to get people onto our waiting list and to determine fit, like if we're able to help you, if we accept your insurance, then kind of get all that out of the way initially. Um, So I do those consult calls. I work as a therapist there. Um, I work as um, a psychometrician, which is like administering psychological testing. And then I am also, uh, I also help train the um, practicum students um, in how to do testing. Wow. Um, so that's what I do there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, then Wait, there's I, more? I teach. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're only one person. <laughs> Excuse me. I know. Um, I teach uh, psychology um, at a post-university in Connecticut. Um, So so it's online. It's on their online accelerator. Do you enjoy teaching? Do you enjoy teaching? Yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. Um, I really, um, I think I've been slowly, you know, warming up to the idea for a while now. And uh, then a, a colleague of mine, um, who works at Post said, "Hey, you know, we're we're posting this position. I think you'd be really good at it." And I was like, "Okay, sure." Uh, so I applied and interviewed, and I got it. And uh, so I've been teaching now since May. Um, so that's been that's been really nice. Um, well, that, really is like that, that something you ever thought? Yeah, some would really do? good uh, feedback and really good reviews. Is that something you ever thought you would do? Yeah, I, I thought I would uh, maybe adjunct. Um, that's that's kind of the way that I had approached it. I think I'm still in that boat. Like, I don't think I would ever teach full time. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, stuff in academia that I just don't like to deal with. But um, I, I love being there for the students and contributing towards, um, you know, the field and the new generation. And it's weird for me to say that because I'm <laughs> done with school but you know here we are so going back even farther you know this is kind of like this is your life um what how did you because when I'm okay so so the audience knows obviously we know how we know each other but like you and I met in a play we were in a play right and um Mm -hmm. Albany Civic Theater and um Neil Simon play and it was a lot of fun I remember it being a lot of fun and then there happened to be mm-hmm. an opening where I was working and um, you got that job and then we worked together. So not only had we worked together on the stage, we worked together in the professional world. And when I met you, um, yeah. you were already far into like your interest in psychology, right? Not even your interest, you were going to school for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, yep. what was the, do you remember how you got interested in psychology to begin with? Yeah, um, I, it's so interesting, um, because, you know, so many people, it it takes such a long time to figure out what you want to do and all that. But for me, I basically came out of the womb (laughs) and decided, um, it's really funny, my, um, and, you know, and two being involved with forensics, um, that was something that's important to me and, and near and dear, um, to my heart. But, you know, my mom uh, told me that when I was a toddler, um, I didn't, I didn't dance around to like Barney or anything like that. I would dance to the cop theme song, um, <laughs> like as a toddler, like, I, I don't know what it was. Um, so that, you know, maybe, maybe the lights, I, I don't know, but in the theme song, I, I don't know. But um, I remember, um you know, always being really fascinated. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, my, my sister is um, on the autism spectrum. Um, she, you know, she's not able to really ever function on her own. Um, you know, she can respond to like things that she wants and tell you what she wants, but she can't really hold a conversation. Yeah. Can't hold a job. Yeah. Um, you know, and th- this um, is your, this is your, going on. this is your old, older right. sister, older sister, younger, younger. younger. Okay. Yep. 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 She's younger than me by um, a year, two months, and two days. Got it. Like, um, Got it. <laughs> but she, uh, um, 
when she was two, um, she had start, started speaking very early. And then when she was two, she just randomly lost all of it. And wow. um, that's, you know, how they knew and how she was diagnosed pretty early. Um, and at that time, I mean, it was the 90s. So what, what did you do in the 90s? Typically, people would institutionalize their kids and forget about it. Um, so there were very few um, sources or anything that really anybody knew yeah. um, about autism or could help you. So we kind of had to make our own way. Right. Because um, my family said, you know, we're, you know, we're keeping her. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, I, I guess my parents were told, um, you know, your oldest wouldn't remember her. Like, it'd be fine. Um, yeah. Wow. And they were like, absolutely not. Like, that's, that's our daughter. crazy. Yes. Um, so, again. Yep. Again, we made our own way and uh, we made it work. Um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of kids that I went to school with didn't understand, you know, that Cheyenne was different um, and why, you know. Um, so, you know, and I, there was a lot that, you know, happened, I think, with me um, socialization wise. Like I, you know, I, I've always been very protective of my sister and um and she went out of my way to really connect with her more so than you know my own peers so I didn't really fit in um growing up and you know I I had friends on the block but when we hung out outside of school but really not like in school so I was kind of alone um so I got to really watch everybody else and watch too how they interacted with her and you know when um, we were outside of school and, you know, and outside of school stuff. Um, so I think that that's ultimately what really got me um, interested in like the way that people work and the way that they act and they react. And it also really um, activated a sense of advocacy in me, um, which, you know, work, working in the prisons, you know, the people who really can't speak for themselves, um, that, that's, that's where I think that's really rooted too, because um, I remember being a very young kid and we would be on vacations or we would be at the store in Walmart or something. And um, we would get weird looks because Cheyenne, you know, she can't control what she says and she, you know, run off or do this or that or whatever. And people didn't get it at that time. So they'd give looks or they would say some like snarky remark to my mom or to her <laughs> and I was a hothead isn't, and would get right horrible? up and you don't understand and leave yeah. alone. I mean that's horrible. Yeah. 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 Um so, I'm I'm so, glad that we have yeah. the awareness around it that we have now. But yeah. yeah, it was really, really grueling to go through. Yeah. So you were also, you know, just I mean, you're unless you came out of the womb like asking yeah. your mother, like, tell me about your mother, you know. Um you also have right. other interests, obviously. I mean, you and I met with your other interests, which is, you know, um, acting, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so mm -hmm. did you ever think about, like, pursuing that, or was that always going to be a hobby? Um, I thought about it. I mean, my uh, my father still says that I'm going to be a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> some way shape or form you know <laughs> you I'm never like, know no, there's the you know that's not gonna happen for me but uh I guess but you know I uh yeah I I initially for a while there I was always hopeful that like something would work out um and it just it it hasn't happened that way and yeah. I mean honestly I I'm happy that way I don't yeah. know I I don't think that there's been anything that has been nearly as fulfilling for me as working with, you know, my patients that I've had the, you know, opportunity to work with. Um, and um, it, it's just, it's a really humbling, humbling experience. Um, I think, you know, cause it's, it's so funny to me. Um, one of the, the biggest things that will get thrown in your face um, when somebody's upset or when they're mad is that, well, you don't care. You don't care about me. You know, I, I pay to see you. I pay to see you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you do. Um, you know, but, uh, that doesn't mean I care any less. I mean, I, um, for my qualifying exam, I had to revisit a case, um, and present the case and conceptualize it and, and do the, the whole nine and really break apart a session. And we had to sign the release and consent forms of prior, um, 
you know, and that was already done. You know, she knew um, that I was going to use uh, her for my exam. And um, revisiting this case, I had to like re-listen to the tape so I could transcribe it. And um, I, I cried because yeah. that, you know, in that particular instance too, the, the termination, um, so we call it, you know, ending, ending therapy, um, it was premature. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, it was so, that was so terrible um, to, to go through, but yeah. So I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't want to be a movie star anymore. I think that, yeah. you know, it'll always just be a hobby. What, um, when you, I mean, you could ask this really to any psychologist, but like, you know, I'm asking you specifically is, you know, you deal with these, um, not deal with you work with um your your clients do you call them clients is that correct right good i correct my students when i say that i call them patients okay. that, that's actually a debate yes um in the in the field uh whether to call um people who you know you see for uh therapy um patients or clients and um the, you know there's a, a guy jonathan Settler, who I, I follow him uh, vigorously. He's I, I love his stuff. He's wonderful. Um, he wrote a whole piece on it. I believe it, I believe it was him. I'm pretty sure. Um, who wrote this? Because there's a couple, but or maybe it was Nancy McWilliams. I I don't know. <laughs> but either way, uh, talking about patients versus clients, right? So a client, a lawyer has a client. A hairdresser has a client, you know, you pay for the service, you, you know, pay, you get out like, yeah. and, you know, and then you come back and however long, whatever. Um, but, you know, are you really providing that level of, you know, superficial, you know, service or temporary, hopefully in terms of lawyer, right? Um, or are you really working towards a health goal, which is what a doctor does and they have patients. And so, you know, somewhere along the way, we distinguished therapy um, away from the rest of the medical field by calling the people who we help clients. And so hearing that, it really, really struck me and it really moved me. So, you know what, you're right. Like, we're working towards a health goal, a health initiative. They are patients, um, right. you know, but the other, the other side of the argument is uh, calling someone a patient makes it sound like these are more severe, quote, quote. Right. Right. Um, and I, I, I disagree. What, what do you, what do you so, prefer? Which, I call which one do you prefer? Patient. Okay. And so when you patient. do, when, when you work with your patients, um, how do you kind of convey like, yeah, I know you're paying me, but I also got into this because I care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's an excellent question. I know when, I've been, uh, <laughs> when I've been confronted with that, um, I focus more, um, you know, I, I had a mentor tell me a long time ago, you know, never follow the narrative closely, follow the affect, because it doesn't matter if the narrative's not true. If someone's conveying pain to you, there's pain there. Um, so, you know, I'll explore that. Like, okay, like you really believe that I'm only doing this for a paycheck. Yes. Well, that must be really the same thing for you to believe like that, like must make you really angry with me or really, you know, hurt by me and not want to trust me. And, you know, we kind of break it down and talk about it that way. Um, you know, um, that's how I talk about it with them. And eventually, you know, we, we get to the, the crux of it, which varies for, for different people. Um, but I think that ultimately people just don't want to feel used and it's a really hard thing to understand that you're paying somebody to help you when it's so personal, right? Cause we pay people to help us all the time. Right. Um, but when you're trusting somebody with such information, um, really heavy information, uh, it can be really hard to well, know I, that somebody's invested, but you know, yeah. I, a psychologist friend once told me that like, you know, there's such a stigmatism on therapy and that's unfortunate because of the fact, like if you broke your hand, uh, your arm or you broke your leg, you would go see a doctor and there would still be a copay or a payment or whatever, but it's the same thing. If you're, yeah. if you have issues going on, 
um, you know, she had said she wished there wasn't so much, you know, stigmatism again, uh, uh, like, like people kind of like, you know, I'm going for therapy, you know, like they don't like, like if you broke your leg, right. people could see it. You can't see the, the, you know, the issues that people are dealing with. And it's, she was really upset that it's so, you know, such a stigmatism, but like people need it. And, you know, one of the things mm -hmm. I'm encouraged by, because I don't even remember when you, when you and I were hanging out. I don't remember mental health being talked about as much as it was even five years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really grown. It's exploded from COVID. And I think that that's something that's been really good too for people. I think it's a travesty that um, the mental health field is really not able to um, we're inundated. We're not able to supply the help in a timely manner to people who need it uh, because there's the demand is just so much. Um, and again, we're not able to hold it all because there's not enough of us. Um, so that's really, really terrible. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, there's a lot of people who are now in the process of going to school for it. So I'm, I'm hoping that we'll start to see that, you know, flatten a bit but yeah I mean the, there's a lot of stigma to mental health and you know again Jonathan Shedler you know he he says uh to um half the reason that there's the discomfort in um knowing that you're paying someone to talk about your problems is because there's an acknowledgement that you have to take care of them too so you're paying them because and there's that livelihood issue right so like I need to get paid I need to be able to pay my bills and take care of myself sure. and I can't do that if you don't come see me or if somebody else doesn't get you know whatever um and so it's that acknowledgement of that mutual need really um that really um makes people uncomfortable and, um, and I think too, that that's where some of the spike comes from. Well, you know, you wouldn't see me if I wasn't paying you and, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's discomfort, uh, you know, and unfortunately, you know, I'm here to work myself out of a job, but I won't ever see myself work, work be worked out of a job within my lifetime um, because of well, the amount of stuff that people just have had to deal with. And it's do you, do you have people that come to you that are reluctant to see you, reluctant to take therapy help? <laughs> yeah <laughs> but 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 isn't but Sierra, isn't isn't it isn't it um a big step because they're reluctant to begin with isn't it a big step that they even came through the door yes okay mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well because too there's there's a part of there's a reason why they're there you know, there's a, a fine line. Everybody is generally, they have mixed emotions about being there, whether you've wanted to be in therapy for a long time and you've been on a wait list or not. So if you have someone who really didn't want to come in to begin with, but they're there, they're there for a reason, there's something going on. Um, and so I think it's really important to, you know, not only play on why, why are you there, but why don't you want to be here? Right. And okay, like if you don't, don't want to be here, well, then how do you want to use this time? Because typically you'll get, you know, people or at least people right now, like in the current setting where I'm working, who don't want to be there, it'll be like teens and their parents are making them go to therapy. Um, so that's always interesting. <laughs> you know, um, to work with. I, was, I, I wasn't good. I wasn't going to bring this up because I didn't think to bring it up. When you just said teens, it made me think. You know, the one thing I, one of the things I keep reading when it comes to teens in this age is that, um, unfortunately, suicide rates have gone up. And um, so, mm -hmm. like, way more, you know, I, I, you know, I'm older than you by, like, a month. Um, and um, so, what I'm saying, what I'm, what I obviously not, but I'm saying that, um, you know, suicide was a thing, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now, unfortunately. So like, are, are, would you say like teens are mm -hmm. overstressed now more than ever? Is social media part of it? Like social media wasn't even a thing when I was a teenager. Right. So, I mean, I think that that's a part of it, right? Because you have this like false life, right? That you're portraying yeah. out into the world. And then you have your actual reality. Um, so I've, re I've done some reading that that contributes to, um, you know, 
what what that does to personal narcissism. And I'm not talking about like narcissistic personality disorder. Um, you know, that's what a lot of people think of when you use the word narcissism. But like your your sense of you know confidence within yourself, really, and your um, the level to which you're connected with yourself, um, and it really breaks it up um, because it's like, yeah, that's not the life that I have. And then you look at everybody else's lives, quote quote quote, through Instagram, and it's not it's not their life either. But that's all you can see. Um, and so there's that that goes onto it. There's COVID, which has been really, really detrimental to a lot of people in terms of, you know, not only physical health, but um, mental health has been really, really rocked by, by COVID with isolation. And, you know, and not only that, but people really, for the first time, had to sit with all the things that have been going on in their lives and had to acknowledge them. They didn't really have a choice. They had nothing else to do. Um, and so it's created a lot and now to going back into the world and trying to establish normal. I mean, socially people, you know, perhaps aren't who they were or like, I know I used to love like going out and now like, as soon as I'm, I've left my house, I'm angry. I like, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. And I was never like that. It's even like that at work. Like I'm looking at the clock the, the whole time um, when I am in the, you know, I've split it up half and half. Um, but so I think that kids are just really struggling all in all, right? They're, they're trying to deal with their constant limbo of dealing with COVID in the world and different environments and all the different rules that they're going through. They lost two years of their, their development, which are really important, um, more so for kids. Their brains are still developing. They're still developing a sense of identity and self. Um, and you know, everybody's just doing what they can right now and they're doing the best that they can. And that's, that's great, but it's not enough. Um, you know, and I don't know what enough will be, but. So when, um, with working with your patients, how do you, or can you divorce the day with your personal life? Meaning, you know, all of yeah. us take our, all of us think about our jobs after hours. It's just, you know, we try not to, but it happens. But in your case, um, you're actually dealing with individual struggles, individual challenges. So, like, are you able to kind of separate the mm-hmm. two, or is that next to impossible? Yeah, I mean it. It's really hard. Um, I, you know, I, I say I started saying a, a couple months ago. A weird job like <laughs> like that's like my catchphrase yeah whenever I go to explain a phenomena of what you know what happens is you know a therapist or even too in psychological testing I'll see things even now and I still will like think of like someone who I tested two years ago um you know because they just move you that much um and so the sheer volume of people that I'm, I'm working with um all the time it, you know it really is enough to I don't know, um, rock you. So I, I try really hard um, to compartmentalize um, and not let it affect other parts of my life. But sometimes, yeah, it's inevitable. Um, sure. So you how- know, I, I utilize the supervision that I have, my colleagues, and like we like talk like, oh, my God, like, you know, I, I will never forget. I had uh, two intakes years ago um back to back and there was like just really horrible horrible trauma um stories um you know one of witnessing a a family member die um as a child and then the other one um as a child was uh, forcibly raped um it was back to back two intakes nobody could no nobody could have guessed and um i i left work crying i mean it was a mess um and I, I called my supervisor on the way home and I just sat in my car and <laughs> talked to her for like an hour because I was, I, I don't even know, like, yeah. like that, who could have predicted that that would have happened. Um, so she was like, oh my God, <laughs> when it rains, it pours. I was like, yeah, because inevitably, I mean, everybody's got a story like that. It, you know, and when you're, when you're working in, in therapy, it's, it's, it's rough. So. Um, is part of, you don't have to give away the trade secrets, but, um, 
is part of the education to be a psychologist how to you know kind of separate the two your life and your patients it should be <laughs> right right yeah no it's not um ever you know there there are a few things i i have little soapboxes about what should be um more um taught and i mean we hear very often about how important it is to separate those things and how important it is you know to maintain um to end you know work towards the ending of therapy and like so you know when therapy does end um you know your patient doesn't feel you know mistreated or all that you know and um they can acknowledge the process for what it was and have a healthy goodbye but nobody actually really spends a whole lot of time with you on these things um so you kind of have to learn you just kind of get thrown in the fire and you have to learn that's that's <laughs> so when you um, when you finish fun. the when you finish the five years or no there's two more years yeah okay when you finish uh you will be dr lynch yeah wow so as I predicted five years ago, we're all going to wind up working for you. So, you know, hopefully we treated you well when you were working for us. So remember that when we work for you. Yes. Um, and oh, then, well, and oh, then well, when, oh, when you, when you, do you, do you have an idea of what you want to do postgraduate? Like, do you know, like when you're, you know, fully done with, yeah. do you have an idea of what you want to do? Yeah, so when I am done, we have to do um, a postdoctoral internship. So I'm hoping to um, get a postdoctoral internship. Um, really hoping, honestly, for uh, the VA around here. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think that that would be some really great um, experience for me, um, too. And, um, you know, a really great opportunity to, to help people who served our country and and whatnot. And then uh, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of be, uh, you know, working and probably in private practice for, for a while, uh, maybe uh, research or something, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, high, high earning areas um, at first, because, you know, as much as that's not what it's about for me, um, I have to pay back my student loans. <laughs> right. right. And right now, I have I have two years left and I have, um, $380,000 of student loans. Um, so wow. yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Well, so can't Brian just that cover back. that? And <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, but no. So that actually um, brings me to, me. that um, actually brings me so. to the next, the next part of this is, you know, you don't just work and like do psychology. Like, do you, have you done any acting since like I last saw you? Um, I did, uh, for a while, but the, um, the last show that I was in, um, I was in a, um, pre-doctoral program, um, to kind of help get people get into PhD programs um at that time and it was out at uh the Ghent Playhouse and that was the last show that I did um and wow. that was, was in 2019 I remember um I was so, so impressed you were you yeah. were the lead in proof right yeah yeah and yep. that was it an was. enormous amount that's a huge part and an enormous amount of lines and um you know you have to carry that mm -hmm. show um like what how did you feel like doing that like because that's actually for me when i think about you know yeah. knowing you knowing your acting um that's the role that stands out to me i remember that vividly so yep. what was um, what was yeah, that like what was that experience that, um, like? a lot of people recall yeah yeah um so that was a, a dream role for me. That was number, number one on, on the list. Um, and uh, I got it and I, I was floored. Um, 
<laughs> and didn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> but I worked very closely with, uh, with the director um, on that. And that was uh, Sky Vogel. And I oh, mean, yeah. he's a dream. He is amazing. Amazing. Um, amazing person. Amazing director. Amazing actor. Um, and I, I cannot sing his praises high enough. And he really took me in and really focused with me. Um, and our whole group, I mean, as a cast of four people. Um, right. But, uh, you know, he was like, how anxious are you about, you know, performing in, you know, in front of, you know, the audience? So there, there's always, you know, a little bit of it. I was like, yeah, fine. I don't, I guess it's all right. He's like, great. So we're going to build a dock on the stage. And I want you to sit at the edge of the dock for the opening scene. And so you'll basically be able to see everybody in the eyes. Oh, great. <laughs> um, I was a little nerve wracking, but uh, I mean, it playing the role of Catherine, the, the lead part for that was, um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever felt so connected to a character that I've played. So it really felt very natural for me. I remember that. I remember because not first of all, I remember it being an intimate space to begin with. And then you're on the stage, but then you're out mm -hmm. in the middle, pretty much. You're like <laughs> protruding out into the audience with that dock. I remember that because that's actually kind of what yeah. I'm talking about is like, not only did you, you know, you're the lead of that show. It's a powerful show. It's a dramatic show. But then also you're like in the, you're, the way the stage design was, you were like right in the middle of the audience, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Sky designed that too. He said, I want it. I want people to walk in and I want them to be at your home. And I want them to like be with you in like in holding that like suffering with you as you're, you know, dealing with the loss of your father and, and the house and having the flashbacks to really feel up close and personal, the relationship that you guys had. And that's actually too, when we were cast, um, at that first table read, he said, you too. <laughs> and he pointed to myself and, um, and Monk Shade Line and uh, my dad. And um, we, uh, uh, he's like, I want you guys to get to know each other, like, you know, immediately. So we went out to dinner and we really like forged a really strong, and I mean, it's still a strong relationship to date. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, I don't know, it came together really well. And uh right. We had a really great group. Yeah, I mean, I remember it very well. I mean, the whole production was amazing. And and maybe someday after you're done with your education and everything, you'll get back to the boards, maybe. Right. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, I wouldn't, I don't think I would go back unless I really wanted to do a show. Um, and I and I say that, you know, for a, a couple reasons. I think um, one one is I'm a workaholic, so I have a problem with that. So I, I've always been someone who's bit off a little bit more than I can chew. Um, and I'm really trying to work on that. So, you know, unless I really needed to, like, felt compelled to, to act in something. I mean, there's a couple, again, there's a couple shows. Like, there's one, uh, I, oh, my God, uh, Noise is Off. I, I would kill to be in that show. I mean, it's such a good show. Love um, that show. I, I would go, but if I saw an audition notice for that, I'd be like, all right, I can make this, I can make yes, this work. Um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, yeah, I think noise is so, really so the one that sticks out to me. When, when we did a show together, right. Um, then obviously, um, then you, 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 uh, we started working together too. And who would you say introduced you? to the, you know, the love of your life. I'm just saying. <laughs> I guess, honestly, <laughs> um, because yeah, um, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have met him if we didn't start working together. Um, yeah, it, at, uh, it's so funny. I mean, you know, you guys, you guys are obviously, you know, an amazing couple, even though he ate my hot dog and, um, you know, <laughs> So for the audience, Brian and I took a trip to New York City and um, we late at night got hot, <laughs> hot dogs on this cart and we shared a hotel room 
and I like went into the bathroom and I came out and <laughs> I was like, you're not going to be happy. And I was like, why? What's up? He's like, I ate your hot dog. I'm like, dude. So that became a running joke. So yeah, that's yeah. our thing. That's our thing. We, we still say that. Do you? <laughs> you're not going to be happy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So like we, you know, with all this we work you're doing, like what, what do you do for fun now? Or are you just kind of like chilling, you know, when are you just relaxing when you have time? Um, yeah, trying um, to relax yeah. when I have time. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't have a whole, a uh, whole heck of a lot of it, but you know, when, uh, when I do have time, I, I like to, you know, <laughs> relax and, you know, watch tv or um go this time of year go on walks and kayaking and and stuff like that but um and with brian when he's around but we work such different schedules that we don't even really see each other a lot um unless we're going to bed or waking up um so that's really hard um i really won't see more of him until uh the fall yeah when things start to slow down for him and me yeah well yeah. this fall they'll pick up with my application to internship but we'll see oh right yeah <laughs> of course of course all right so here's some mm-hmm. when we wrap up we always ask even though katie's not here we always ask some inside the actor studio <laughs> questions so so here are some questions for you if you could if you could travel in time would you would you go forwards or backwards um Hmm. I think I would go forward. Okay. And what would you, um, where, where would you go? Okay. Like what, how, how far into the future and where, like where in the world would you want to be? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think I'd stay put where I am, but I think I would go probably hundred years in the future so what would be the um, first... I, I want to see yeah I yeah uh, I want to see um where the world's at if we're really contributing to a better place or if we're heading towards ruin um <laughs> I want to know what we're getting ourselves into it'd be terrifying <laughs> if you clocked in a hundred years on a time machine and said not found oh my god god yeah that would be terrifying by the Um, way one of our guests one of our guests uh, yeah one of our guests i asked you know would you you know if you could travel in time would you go forward or backwards and her answer was i wouldn't i said you wouldn't what and she said i wouldn't travel in time i like you know and i was i never even thought of that answer wow yeah that's a good one so here's here's another question is if you could if you had to eat one cuisine or one one genre of food like mexican chinese japanese american what would you choose if you had to really japanese yeah what what do you like best about that what what dish um i love sushi do you i just eat sushi all the time yep really (laughs) yeah wow okay okay all right um and then so who would you say uh, the three most influential people in your life have been up to now. Like in my in my personal life. Whatever you or, think. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know it's it's a hard one. <laughs> this is like a roar stock. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my job. I'm supposed to show you the yeah. cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh man. Um. I. I'm one of them. Um, I'm going to have to say, uh, he's an old, uh, old mentor of mine. I hope he's doing well. Um, Dr. Drew Arnold. Um, he was my advisor in undergrad. Um, and I think that he was one of the first people, um, really to, you know, believe in me in terms of my, um, aspirations, um, to be a psychologist, at least like from the collegiate level, um, on, um, and took that, that chance on me. Um, that's a good one. Man, 
Yeah. Um, wow, this is hard. Um, another, another one would be my, um, he's now retired and no longer my faculty advisor, but uh, Dr. Sandy Drob, who recently retired from um, my, my school, he was my advisor. He's another one, uh, took a really, uh, really big chance on me and I, I hope he didn't regret it. Uh, <laughs> he's really great. <laughs> I'm um, sure. been a I'm really, sure really great support for me. Nice. Um, and, um, and yeah, I think, um, I'd say Brian, he's been a really, really great, um, support and uh, influence for me for as many, many times as I've threatened to drop out and be done um, with, with school um, and, you know, and to um, being in, you know, in our, our weird, wacky family system has been um, really, really interesting to, to juggle and to learn. And, you know, he's been, he's been there and, and able to serve as a guide. So. Yeah. Those are great answers. And like for the audience, like, I mean, you you know, um, Brian is just such a fantastic, solid person, just like, you know, I actually miss the guy, you know, and, and, um, you know, he's a real, just, you know, you don't meet a lot of just solid, nice people. And he really is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm very lucky. Don't tell me about that though. (laughs) No, I won't. No, no. No, just, you know, 200 people will be listening to this and they might know, but, you know, I know, I know. And then, and then lastly, yeah, he'll and probably all, watch us too. It's fine. Like, I know. And then lastly, what we always wind up is, and this is a tough one too, but like what, you know, someday, hopefully it's not for 200 years, but um, what do you hope to be remembered for? Hmm. Um, wow. Yeah heavy hitting questions they should have been in the beginning um, <laughs> <laughs> I um I hope that I'm I'm remembered for my um my ability to um listen and like, re- like, active, actively listen and and connect um, with people. Um, I I looked over. I saw um, my mug here for my my grandfather who had passed away. Um, and uh, he uh, is a major major influence on on me um, and how I I live my life and work with you know people, especially patients like personally, professionally, um, and, you know, always remembering, you know, grandpa was always patient. He was always kind. He was always extremely present, um, with people, regardless of everything he had going on. And so I've really tried to embody that. Um, and I don't know, he would have been a really great one actually (laughs) to bring up my three people. I'm surprised I didn't. Um, but yeah, um, I, you you can have four, you can have four. Yeah, so he, oh, he's definitely my fourth. Um, yeah, okay. He's, you know, been a major, major influence on in my life, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. But, I mean, yeah, it's been, you know, I, I, it's so interesting to see where you've wound up based on where I know you were going and now where you're kind of going to finish, not finish up, but like, you know, finish up the education part, but then move on. And, um, you know, it's just uh, more power to you. You're doing amazing. I'm to my word. I'm right on track. (laughs) Where I said I'd be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you to be known for. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Really great. 